Hey now. That's what Howard Stern always does. Do you- oh, I liked that one. Hey now. Hey That's now. That's new. <laughs> well, after 100 plus episodes, I wanted to be a little fresh. Right. A little new. Yeah. I am Susie Meister. You're listening to Brain Candy Podcast, not Howard Stern. You might have been confused. You thought. We've tricked you. <laughs> you might have been confused. Don't check that dial. <laughs> You're like Robin Quivers over there. <laughs> uh, that is not Robin Quivers. It's actually Sarah Rice, you guys. Yeah, that's me. Do you, I know that you have as much affection for Howard as I do. Oh, I do. Don't, do you remember that he says, hey now? Well, I never re- catch the beginning of the show. It's not just the beginning. It's whenever like anybody says something notable, he'll be like, hey now, oh, hey yeah. now. Okay. Um, and then people that love him do it. I noticed my beloved John Stamos and like Natalie oh, Maines. Oh, I do like do their, uh, like Baba Bowie. I like how some things have caught on. Baba Bowie. You know, their own. Uh, yeah. He's like my idol. Do you find any like dissonance between your feminism and your fandom of Howard Stern? Oh, gosh. That's a good question. I don't. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, I, I think it's one of those. Uh, I think Howard Stern himself has evolved. And really? I, yes. Okay. I think, uh, and Moore's, uh, the thing that kind of rubs me the wrong way when things do about Howard Stern is not so much the anti-feminism things as much as it is how much he bags on special needs. Me too. <laughs> Anytime I look at my, it's on, I look at my husband, I just give him this like death stare and he like turns the radio. Really? Yeah, That's what I just, you... I, I have no tolerance for... Really? For the mocking of... Be, because people who, there are special needs people, people who have special right, needs... Right, I know, you had a word who, right. Uh, <laughs> Who are genuinely hilarious. Who sure. are really funny. Who are just funny because they're funny like you're funny or like I'm funny or like a stand-up comedian would be funny. Not funny because of their disability at all. So I like when we can honor the human for the human, not for the part that we want to poke fun and laugh about. Well, what about, what did you think about Cousin Jerry on Facts of Life? Did you think no. she was super funny? I don't well, she was know. a stand-up comedian, and she was always like, "Hey, oh, Mrs. Yeah. Garrett, I don't know what this reference." Cousin, Cousin Jerry had cerebral palsy, and I but... never watched The Facts of Life. <laughs> so you know, well, she did, and but she was a person who, and turns out now we know she's gay. I mean, she was really, she was really dealing with a lot back yeah. in the eighties or whatever. And she was like a comedian who came up. She was a stand-up comedian, yeah. but a lot of her acts had to do with the, you know, the fact that she had cerebral palsy. She was very funny about it. Oh, that's fine. It's one thing if you are. There's I, a but big I'm wondering, di- what Howard Stern's doing is not that. No, no. When they call him Wendy the we- weirdo or whatever she calls it, Wendy the whatever, and you can't use the R word. Of course. You, no, I'm sorry. Right. Well, I'm just saying I didn't think Jerry was funny. I think that she was only funny because, like, it was like, oh, she's funny for someone who has this problem. And so I wondered if there were people out there that were like, no, I thought she was a laugh a minute. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't know. We're really touching some on some important 
issues right they now, <laughs> which have nothing there's to do. There's another. There's a comedian out there who also has. I think he has cerebral palsy, and he's hilarious. <clears throat> oh yeah, I know that guy, he, and he's so funny. He was on Last Comic Standing. Yes, he's, he's good. Good. Jerry, not good. Okay, so uh, that's what I'm saying. It's like I want to honor this the people who have special needs who want to be stand with comedians and are like, I want you to laugh at me because maybe. Whatever Howard Stern's guest, I don't know. I think it is something like Wendy the the weirdo or something like that. Maybe she's excellent at I don't know working with animals, but because we're just laughing at her for how her voice sounds, we're missing the part of her that makes her human and makes her her, and that's going to make her thrive and make her have the happiest, healthiest life. So I don't know. They that's- actually call her Wendy the R. The see, I don't <laughs> like that. I have a problem with that. Why doesn't Wendy have a problem with that? Serious. I'm serious. I'm serious. She, uh, she can stick up for, for herself. The same, for the same reasons that when uh, we're working with children who are autistic and they say, oh, yeah, I have tons of friends. And we have to say, oh, okay, well, who are your friends? And you say, oh, well, my friend, little Johnny. Well, has little Johnny ever invited you over to his house? Yeah. No, no, he's never... Well, have you ever had lunch with little Johnny? No, no, but like, I think... Well, have you ever had him... And you get down to that really this child has no friends and doesn't have a social network and really needs that. But in their head, they think all these people are friends with them because they're in there and they're really missing what they're, they should be getting. This is a lot deeper than that. <laughs> well, I just I just say, you know, I I know... People who have had, I would say, in many ways, the privilege of having a child who has special needs and cares for them and nurtures them and loves them so much and see how they are all such wonderful human beings that have so much to give. And I don't want them to be, like, <clears throat> just, I don't know. Foils. Like, down to, a little down to just being a... A, a joke. A joke. Yeah, okay. You know. Fair enough. Um, but another news, I love our stir. We do. And, you know, I'm, I like the whack pack. I don't mind. I find them to be really funny. <laughs> but the whack pack. I didn't know that. Wow. Of course. I'm like a, a new Howard Yeah, and fan. I'm a lifer. Yeah. I've been in this since I was like 15 yeah. years old. Yeah. Um, but this episode is actually 104, and it is about ch- childhood and children. Yeah. And... Um, Facts of Life was something I watched as a child, so we're not all together off the topic. Right. Um, but before we get into that, um, thank you guys so much for buying so much merch lately. My God, we've been buried in orders. I love it. I love it, too. There's nothing that makes me happier than a problem of abundance. And you guys have been buying all of our Your Tanks. and oh, like, the, All the teachers are going nuts for the Your Tanks. Yeah. So thank you guys so much. Um and we are shipping those out as fast as we can, which is a lot easier thanks to the good people at stamps.com who have created a system that is essentially like having a post office at your desk. Okay, what more could you ask for? You don't even have to get out of your jammies. You can just sit there and you get discounts on postage and you get all of the benefits of using the postal service, but right from the convenience of your desk. And if you act right now and use the code brain candy, go, you'll get a four week trial 
postage, and a digital scale. So before you do anything else, go to Stamps.com, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Brain Candy. Stamps.com, enter Brain Candy, and you'll save tons of dough and ship all your whatever you're shipping. And free scale. Hello. I know, right? We are weighing up a storm over here. We are. We're just weighing things just for the heck of it. Yeah. My lunch, this book. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> whatevs it's a it's a bargain and you'll love it and it's super convenient uh but we are talking today about uh childhoods and i don't know i just felt like it was time to tap into your inner child did you have what you would call a happy childhood sis i had a great childhood you did mm-hmm. yeah i had a very dysfunctional family we were yeah. very poor and and like my dad is not great, but I was happy as a clam. What are your best childhood memories? Like, let's go age bracket. So, first childhood memory, let's say elementary school memory. What is your favorite memory from elementary school age? Mm, I, in general... First, I have to picture little Susie. She Everybody was the dear. picture... She was a delight. Little Sue. She's. I feel like you'd be real skinny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, just real, real skinny. tiny and skinny, mm-hmm. blonde hair. Oh, little Susie, she's got so much love. I was joyful. That's what I was. Of you were. And I was super obnoxious and loud, and I thought everything was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you still do. I really do. I love to laugh, but I do it a lot less than I did back then. Cynical. Which is, makes me so sad. Yeah. I mean, God, that's why when we did the episode about the, the weird and wacky right. where the guy drilled a hole in his head because he wanted to feel like that again, I was like, I get that. You're like, I could hop on board that. Right? Wouldn't it be wonderful to feel mm. like that again? Yeah. If there is a heaven, that is what it will be like, my childhood. Oh, that's real sweet. So what was your favorite memory? I mean, in general, I just really enjoyed my household which was crazy because we had five kids and it was the size of this office my house jesus we had it's a a very small office we used a we used um instead of like chairs at our table we had a picnic bench because we had to fit so many people in this tiny i wish i had a picture of like how small it was but as a kid it's great did you have a favorite outfit you know how kids always have like their go-to that mom had to wash a million times. I had a pretty slamming red velvet. It was probably velour, but I call it velvet uh, Christmas number. Oh, like overall. Straps? It was a maxi dress. Oh, a maxi, <laughs> Stop. A maxi dress Stop. to the floor. It was. That's fancy for a kid. Mm-hmm. I was like, I thought I was prom queen in that thing. Well, how old were you in this? I was like four. Oh my God. That's so cute. <laughs> and I was like into it. I'm going to post that picture. I no longer have that gorgeous red velvet dress, but thankfully what I do have is an awesome new subscription service called La Tote, which basically allows me to eliminate going to the mall and I can get as many outfits as I want in a month. Here's how it works. It's a fashion subscription box that sends brand name clothes and accessories to my house, which is exactly where I never leave. And they customize it based on an algorithm, based on like my style preferences and the way my body is. So you can shop for your body type. 
and you wear the clothes, you wear the accessories, return the tote, and then repeat. Keep picking new clothes. You can get as much as you want in the month. Just keep sending it back for $39 a month. So basically, you rent your look, you get new clothes all the time, so your Instagram pictures doesn't look like you're wearing the same freaking shirt every day. And if you go to letote.com, that's L-E-tote.com, you can get started for as low as 39 bucks a month and enter code BRAINCANDY, you get 50% off your first month. You fill out the style profile, sign up to get a custom tote, delivered to your door, wear what you want, return it in the mail, and you're done. So you get a new box within days. So it's super fast and easy. Go to letote.com and enter code BRAINCANDY and feel fabulous. But you get 50% off your first month. Oh my God, that's great. Yeah, but anyway, I was happy, happy. You know, ha- that might have been a texture thing because I remember my favorite outfit being Velvet. that velvety black and it was a Christmas outfit. Right. And it was the same age. And I just loved how it felt. It, I was like, It felt I, like sh- luxury. Yes. But you I, were, maybe, I thought it was because I was poor, but you weren't really poor. We went up and down yeah. and up and down. <laughs> it would be like one Christmas we would, because my parents were in the film industry. Yeah. So one, and they all worked freelance. So one Christmas we would have tons of stuff, and the next Christmas would be, no joke, a bag from a 99 cent store. Yikes. Yeah, the year I got a golf calendar and a cat calendar. <laughs> two I was calendars. Like, Mom. Two calendars. I A, don't golf, and B, am a dog person. So what the heck? <laughs> and who needs to keep track of dates that two. vigorously? Right? I mean, so that well, was one. Right? So there were ups and downs and everything, but. Weirdly, you, I think, would describe your childhood as not so great. great. Yeah, you know, I, it was, I think it was a darker childhood that was highlighted by little, I don't know, breaks in the clouds where there would be these really bright moments where like the sun would shine through and my mom would do her best to make things real magical. Like my mom made it fantastic for us. She was all about living in a very fantasy world and would tell stories and everything was all about adventure. And she, I believed that she was Peter Pan until I was in second grade. But I also at the same time had a very like deep down this, I don't know, deeper understanding of a darker side of everything that I just remember holding on even being a kid. Like playing, but then at the same time knowing like, there's bad stuff. Mm, that's horrible. You know? You know, it's weird because if people knew our moms now, they would think your mom would have been more like heavy because she's like a psychic and all mm-hmm. spiritual. And my mom would have been like, a, you know, a ball of energy because that's how she is now. But mm-hmm. when I was growing up, my mom was very sad. Really? Very, very sad. And I was her counselor at a very oh, young age. Zeus. I mean, she was not the peg we know and love now. She says I saved her life. Tell me more. Well, she was just, um, early on, before I was born, she was an alcoholic with my dad. And then they both, for different reasons, stopped. And then she found Jesus, so that was helpful. But then she was still sad. I mean, she had experienced all kinds of, like, um, childhood trauma and whatever. 
and and she had five kids. I mean, that can't be easy. And my dad mm-hmm. didn't help. So I think there was just a lot of heaviness in her heart. Mm-hmm. And now she's like overcompensating. One time uh, when I was in college, I still lived at home. And I was so mad because my mom babysat. And I thought, what is that racket upstairs? I'm going to go yell at these little brats that my mom watched. I thought that's what I was going to do. I come upstairs and my mom is doing cartwheels in the living room. <laughs> so by that point, she had come out of it. Yeah. But I mean. Well, you know, and that I think uh, is very interesting. You tell this story because it speaks to the need for every person to be jovial and to express themselves. And if that gets repressed, for a long period of time, whether it's in childhood or adulthood, it seeps out in other areas. There's a reason why I still go to summer camp well into my 30s. There's a reason why I love Pixar movies and love having a, you know, Toy Story birthday party because there's still a part of me that felt like I didn't get everything that I wanted out of that childhood experience. So... You know, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. They feel robbed in one category and they go, you know what? I'm not quite ready to let go of that. I'm not saying you have to live in either an adult world or a child world. And that's like what, you know. One thing I'm not big on is like, you know how on Facebook and stuff, people like to embrace whatever generation they're from and act like it was the good old days when they were growing up. So you get a lot of that now about like when we were growing up. People played outside and you rode on your bike and you right. like just stayed out and your parents were nobody to be found. And now it's like everyone's helicoptering and like, <laughs> you know, keeping their kids inside and playing video games. But so generally speaking, I hate that narrative of like back when I was a uh-huh. kid, because it's just sort of a trade. And let's be honest and everything. We walked uphill to school both ways. Yeah. But then they act like it's virtuous and that that's preferable. And so, but in that case, I actually really do love that part of my childhood was freedom and a safe neighborhood where we ran around and their parents yeah. were around but not hovering and you could explore. Why and, is that different now? Well, part of it is it's not just different now. Back for you know some kids in high-risk neighborhoods, that was never the case. They right. couldn't just run around. Right. So part of that is that I was privileged in the sense that yeah. I had a safe neighborhood in the Correct. first place. And then part of it is just that technology keeps people tethered to their houses more now, I think. Mm-hmm. And there was n- nothing to do. We had to go outside. Because I, I mean, I live in a very, I'm lucky to live in a very safe place. And I can imagine when I have kids, I'm just going to be like, go play outside. Oh, yeah, for fuck's and sake. Your kids couldn't get in trouble in your neighborhood if they tried. Right. I'm like, don't come home until the sun goes down. <laughs> and if I see you home, get back out there. You're going to do that, you think? Oh, Yeah. I mean, There's no reason for them to be... Not in your neighborhood, no. Inside. And I have that that big park behind me. No, no, no. Your house is probably... Inside is probably more dangerous. <laughs> probably <is>. <laughs> <laughs> Than your neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think I've seen one car... Like, eight cars come down my block the entire time I've lived there. That... I mean, when I drive through your neighborhood, it is... I feel like I'm in... Some sort of weird movie set. It does like, oh, like I'm that. on the Warner Brothers the lot. Right, <laughs> it's the yeah. Truman Show. It does, and like everybody leaves their house at the same time. And the weird thing is, yep, Susie's doing a robot, <laughs> and it, that's the truth. And it really is like that. On Sundays at 9 a.m., everybody's walking their dog. It's like, it's very bizarre. 
What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Um, one thing from my childhood, and I think it's a thing that doesn't overlap for us, hmm. that I remember is baby Jessica that fell in the well. Oh, okay. You're and you've probably, mentioned baby Jessica. I have not. Have I? Either you've mentioned I'm obsessed her with baby Jessica. Or I recently read an article. It might article. have been in Phoebe's book. I think she might have mentioned it. Maybe, but I feel like I've heard about baby Jessica like multiple times in the last six months, which is weird. You weren't alive yet, or you were barely alive. Barely. I think it was yeah, 88? It's, it's 87. This is 87. the 30th year anniversary. Uh-huh. So you were like just... <laughs> You could have been baby Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget. And it, and it, I have been thinking a lot. If you follow me on Goodreads, you've seen that I just read a scholarly book about reality TV, which you should borrow, by the what way. What book? It's called Reality TV, and it's a literature review about all the scholarship that's been done about reality TV. Oh, I need to read that. But in a world now where everything is reality, this was reality right. and this minute girl by minute. For, for fucking reels fell down it's not funny but it, she fell down this little tiny well in her backyard that was open and was big enough just for her body but not big enough to like for her to fall all the way down or get out so she's in this wedge <sighs> of a little t- tube how did they ever find her so i I think that first of all, the parents it's a miracle, were really close enough that they realized yeah. what happened, and the firefighters came. And then we're watching live these broadcasts on like the, only the main channels because it was like fucking practically Watergate time, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like ABC News. And then there was just well watch, and we we were well watching, <laughs> and she was, <laughs> and we she was down there, and they threw um. A microphone down. Oh, oh, I know. This is why I know the story because I know what she was doing. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. Say it. <laughs> she was singing Winnie the Pooh song. She, that's where I talked about this. We talk about it in school. Okay. Because it shows a child's innate need to self soothe. That a child, even in the worst situations, has what it takes to soothe itself and will cry. Oh, it's sick, Winnie the Pooh. I'm going to cry. I think they sent down food. Like, I think they sent down some stuff, but she didn't. No. It was. Right, they did, but she wasn't (laughs) corresponding to that. It was. Yeah. She she just sang. And it took forever, (gasps) days, and they were like, how are we going to get to her without harming her. Yeah. That was the dilemma. Yeah. But they did, and we all watched as baby Jessica emerged from this well, all wrapped up in gauze, but okay. And 
she's now a mom and she's a um, oh. special needs teacher is aide. And speaking of special needs earlier in the episode, that's a great thing for her to be. And there was a huge trust fund that set that was set up over a million dollars, but mostly was gone after the 2008 collapse of no yeah so she like just has like a little house and the 2008 recession stole baby jessica's <laughs> she cannot catch day. a break what's the gal gotta do <laughs> but that story when when we i watched her come oh, out and i was so eight sweet. and i cried i of was course. so happy i mean i just shed a tear right now and i'm only just rehearing it yeah and i mean we were all just rooting for her as a country, like, get that baby out of that well. And then it plays to something that every single human being on the planet can get behind. It's not like, I mean, I hate to say it, but more people want to get a baby out of the well than they want to see a female president or da-da-da. It's like, that's yeah. something that, it, there's not a single person that would be like, eh. Right, I'll we were pass. all... Who, everybody has to know. And it was sort of like... You could picture your kid or your yes. own, but whatever. Anyway, oh. so baby Jessica's alive and well. She's killing it <laughs> with, her, with her own yeah. kids. But, yeah, that was something I remember from my childhood that really lasted with me. And I loved... Did, that, did it teach you any lessons? Like maybe don't go near wells or... Uh, no, I didn't think about it like that because I was quite large. I was eight. <laughs> I wasn't going to fall oh, down a oh, well. Oh, I thought you meant you. I was like, <laughs> no, what? I mean, I wasn't gonna, at risk for falling right. down wells. Right. But, I mean, I guess I will say that that and my other favorite shows at the time were Rescue 911, which was oh, similar. Oh, my God. That was the greatest show on television. My mom and I tuned in every night. I love that show. Why do we love that? This is what I'm getting at. We love reality TV. Oh, no. And I loved Unsolved Mysteries. Same fucking difference. And I think that we were, like, primed to appreciate raw, real emotion and television. Yes. What do you think? But the irony is that's when my happiness ended. (laughs) It is. As soon as I went on reality TV, that's when I became a different person. Oh. So, is this therapy I'm in right now? Oh, it kind of sounds like it. <laughs> so, would you say you, lo- you let go... When do you think you let go with the idea of being a child? Like, you know how everybody thinks of themselves... When did you feel like you were grown up? When I was raped. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so. This is taking such a dark turn. Well, I hate to admit it, but that's why I feel like part of my childhood was stolen. Yeah. Oh, damn, this to went dark. We were but like, you know what? I bet all you women out there can go, yep, I know what that feels like, or yep, I, I can, a yeah, little bit of that speaks mm-hmm. to me because maybe you've been in a similar situation. Even if you weren't actually assaulted, there's probably a moment where you realize that you are an object to a man. <gasps> you know, I don't, I don't mean to get heavy because... No, know. but this is important. Yeah, it is. But mm-hmm. that shift where you're an innocent, fun-loving person to, mm-hmm. oh, I'm a girl and that's a leer and a gaze, <sighs> it changes how you see the world, I think. But I want to be as joyful as I was. So I am seeking that. Oh, my God. That's freaking deep. Yeah. But, mm. you know, and we... And I would imagine that we probably really enjoy or crave things that 
are similar to what we would have liked around the time where that childhood was, quote unquote, stolen from us. Yeah, I would say. Well, and I... Teeny bop music, if that's your age, or cartoons, if you're me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh! Well, and, I mean, I feel like I did channel it into getting an education, which I'm proud of, um, and sort of like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go... I'm going to undo this. Correct. But... Like, and that's the difference between a survivor and a thriver right there. To be honest with you, when the assault happened, it wasn't the a- actual moment that ruined me. It was the reaction of everyone that I had that ended up knowing. Yes. And how it was like the worst. Of course. Why are people so bad at dealing with it? The re-victimization of the victim. Yeah. So... That's when it ended. But luckily, I was older than you were when you had trauma. Because mm. you were real young, man. Oh, yeah. But I don't think it's, you know, it's it's the same story and just a different package. Yeah. You know, it's all very similar afterwards when it's it's how it's afterwards. People not believing <clears throat> you or, or whatever it is that makes it worse. Yeah. But, um, but that's not to say that there weren't happy, lovely memories. No, and that's the thing is that for me it was like a very – I imagine it was a very different experience for me as a child in my house versus my mom who had to deal with the kids uh-huh. and like manage it all. The kid thinks this is just a blast. I have four siblings right. that are like hilarious. This is awesome. And isn't it funny how sometimes the things that are – like, all the plans go to shit. That's when you as a family have the most fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I can think back. We rented a cabin in Canada. And this was before Airbnb. This was before even the internet. <laughs> so you had to call a travel agent or you had to find somebody who knew somebody. So my mom found a newspaper ad in Vancouver that listed a house for rent and it was a crazy price it was like this huge beautiful house on a farm and they they grew their own carrots and the and vegetables in the back backyard and there was a little stream that went outside and it was like 100 bucks a week my mom was like i'm in and we went all the way up there. What they failed to mention is that it was right next to a military testing site where they were doing <laughs> bomb tests all Come the on, time. For real? And so and the bedding situation was something strange to where my brother and I slept in the closet. No. So the closet, you open up the it said it had beds for children, yeah. but you open up the closet and it is no joke, two beds built into like a bunk bed. Built into the closet. That was the most fun sleepover yeah. I ever had in my whole life. I was like, we're sleeping in the closet? Oh, this is so cool. And it, it, is it was so, so awesome. And it was the the trips that were, we had another trip. Have I ever told the body getting thrown out of the car tr- story on here? Mm-mm. Oh, I mean, that one's a good one. But what we happened? Went on, so we went on a family vacation. Like Griswold style. Yeah, Griswold style. We're going camping up in Big Sur, and it's about a five-hour drive from where we live or wherever it was. And uh, 
it's my mom and my three little brothers, and once again, before cell phones and before all that, and we're driving on the freeway, and all of a sudden, the car, we're in the fast lane, the car in front of us slows down to about 30 miles an hour, and a body goes gets chucked out of the side of the car. No. I, hand to God, swear my life this <clears throat> happened. My mother, being the person that she is, she saw behind that people had now pulled over and were helping this person who had just been chucked out of the side of a car. And a she's living like, person? A, a living, a person was thrown out of the driver's seat. Like, they, the driver had pulled I the thought it was like a dead body. over the passenger seat and thrown them out of the side, like, opened up the driver's side car, thrown the person out. So my mom decides, well, I gotta, I gotta follow this guy. And this is before we had cell phones, so she's following this guy. He, get, he gets off the freeway. He cuts through residential neighborhood my mother is still what you're you have three small (laughs) children in the car and you're gonna follow a man who just threw a body out of a moving vehicle Mm. okay i'm aboard for this ride and so we're driving through this neighborhood and she starts to think that maybe he thinks she's following we've written down his license plate and the description of the car and everything so she turns into a driveway and we go running up to the door and she bangs on the front door. She's like, I need to use your phone. I need to use your phone. She explains what happened. And she does this all in Spanish because the woman who opens the door doesn't speak a lick of English. She's like an old Mexican grandmother. And my mom explained, thank goodness, speaks fluent Spanish. And uh, got on the phone and called the police. And they said that they've had multiple reports about this. And don't worry, they're going to catch him. And then we came down from our adrenaline rush and got back in the car and carried on our way. Whoa. Flash forward to when we're at the campsite camping, and it's all three of us in a campsite. Now, they're very big for bears where we were camping, and they say you have to put all of your stuff in a bear cool, like a bear safe bin. Bin. Well, my mom thought it would be okay to leave the coffee out because what bear wants coffee and tea? So she left the coffee out. In the middle of the night, my mom wakes up to noises in the campsite, and there is a brown bear, or grizzly bear, I guess it would be a give grizzly me, bear, give, give. that is attacking our campsite, tore up the back of the... We had put a cooler in the car, because it couldn't fit all the stuff in the bear bin, so we put the cooler in the car. There were claw marks going down the back of the car. My mom just was like, don't breathe. She put her hand over our mouths. We had, I had never been more terrified in my whole entire life. And I'm sure she had never been more terrified. And the next night, this was her genius idea to protect us. She slept with a marshmallow skewer under the pillow. Like that was going to be was Problem kill solved. The bear. This is insane. So we survived a... Homicidal maniac, who we found out later had stolen, had robbed a, a liquor store, stolen a car with a person in it, and then stabbed this person and then threw him out. But it wasn't fatal. The person lived. So just so you know. But, wow. So that was our craziest childhood trip. But I remember all of it, and it was like so much fun. That is bizarre. It was bizarre. Wow. And and I will never forget it. And that was the worst slash best family vacation when we got attacked by a bear and saw the dead body. That is crazy. Yeah. I I don't get why bears are so hungry. <laughs> there's 
They're starving, man. They've been sleeping for months. I mean, get a hold of yourself. Control yourself. I really feel like that. I'm like, okay, that's enough. I mean, coffee, coffee grind and butter. There was just butter smeared everywhere. Butter? Where was that from? It was. She just left it. At, she you know thought what? they Sally probably don't want that. <laughs> they love butter. They love. They love bears. Love butter. Who knew that? I feel like that's their favorite. How would that be? Where in nature are bears getting butter? Where they're because uh, it's like have an it's similar to honey. Like how is that? Is they're they're not even the same species of animal that produces it. But they smear. Also, what is not what is sweet and what is not? Sarah, you're wrong because it's the viscosity is similar. Oh, I see what you're going for. And it's they a just they love. you think for bears it's a texture thing. My velvet dress was. <laughs> you think maybe they pass on like. Certain sushi bars because they're not into that texture of that. You know, it kind of looks like the same color. True. Okay. Bear eats the butter. And maybe Dang, I thought and, this was honey. And maybe they're like, hey, first time this has happened. And maybe they're like, oh my gosh, it's the same great flavor without the sticky mess. <laughs> they're practical. Like it's a practical bear. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. But what it does to my waistline. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. You know what I will say? I do not love Winnie the Pooh. Mm, I mean, he's come up twice we, now. We, we differ on that. That's where we are going to That guy is an idiot. Well, that's true. But that's why it's adorable. And uh, there's a theory that A.A. A. Milne wrote uh, Winnie the Pooh. Based on the childhood, basically, um, psychopathology of his own son, who was based off of Christopher Robin. You have ADHD Tigger, who's like really hyperactive. You have Piglet, who has clear anxiety disorder. You have <laughs> clear. Uh, uh, Eeyore, who obviously suffers from major depressive disorder. Yeah. I mean... Wait, so Christopher Robin... And had all of those traits at different times. Yeah, he just said like that a normal he person, to, like create a a a, um, a character that made all these things that maybe children deal with not so scary. Can I ask like sadness, so- depression? Oh well, that you're like Eeyore. Do you feel like Eeyore sometimes? And it's much easier to discuss when it's sure. happening to somebody else than when it's happening to you. Are we just supposed to accept that it's like it should be called Winnie the Bear? Oh, why is it Pooh? I don't get it. Yeah, that's a real unfortunate name too. Is it? Is this something we should know? Pooh, Pooh. Oh boy, that's what he would always do. It like little flies. My mom did always read to me. That was not in our um, library of books, however. But what should be in your library of books? Yeah. Is the amazing and beautifully hand drawn books by Lost My Name. They are would be perfect for Easter Basket 
Easter time present because nothing more special first of all you're giving the gift of reading second of all the books are personalized so Mm -hmm. you add their name and then you get to choose the characters in the book you can choose them to look like the child in your life lincoln has one he loves it we read it all the time and it thrills him that the character looks like him and that he's searching for his name i know that there are a lot of you guys out there who are aunts or uh godparents and it's really special for me i gave this as a gift to one of uh one of our friend's sons and it's really special when I go over to their house and he asks to read his book with them. And it feels like our thing where it's like we get to have our special yeah. moment. So if you have a special child in your life and maybe you aren't a parent, but there is a special kid in your life. Well, that's the thing. If, if you're not a parent, sometimes it's hard to think of a good gift. Yes. But this is one that's like a keepsake and something they'll have forever. I still have the books from my childhood, and you do too. So this is a treasure in that way. Go to lostmy.name, enter your little one's name for a preview of their story, and enter code BRAINCANDY at checkout to get 10% off. Shipping is free worldwide. Worldwide free shipping. And you can do other languages. Yeah, and other languages too, like if you're... I did mine in Spanish. Yeah. So go to lostmy.name today. Easter's coming. Get it. Um, but I, w- I am very grateful that despite the fact that my household was not one that emphasized education in the way that most families traditionally do, we went to a private school, but that was because my mom was Christian, not because she cared about uh-huh. the level of education. Um, I'm so grateful that for some reason she valued books and uh, that What's time together. What's your favorite book from when you were little? Like, give me your top three. Charlie's Be Kind Day was a good one. A lot of them are religious. Yeah, that's fine. We had like a lot of Moses, those type of stories. They were beautifully done. And those stories are so epic. Mm -hmm. You know, like Noah. Uh I mean, kids are into that stuff. Yeah. Lincoln asks all the time for his VeggieTales Bible, and we don't even go to church. For his VeggieTales. I do love VeggieTales. What books did you enjoy? Well, Pat the Bunny was my all-time favorite of all time. Yeah. Uh, uh, I guess that's redundant, but you know. Um, then, oh, Make Way for Ducklings. Make Way, that's a good one. It's I forgot about that one. One of the best. That's one that's won a couple of. What are they called? The Alcott Award and the oh, the there are a few. That's cool. If you are ever looking, just to throw it out there, if you're ever looking for good kids books, because the market can be really saturated, and you know sometimes I feel like. Everybody's coming out with a kid kids book, but yeah, what are the good ones? Going to the 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 awards list, like the what is it, the Newbery Award and the mm-hmm. Alcott Award, and those lists of of child book winners, those are the best to find some really good ones. And those classics never go out. Have of you style. read the books? Um, the when the the day the crayons quit. Yeah. Oh, not only have I read it, but I have a signed book by the author that I got for Ben and Russell because it is my favorite. And when I found out he was coming, I was like, I'm going. I'm getting multiple signed copies of this book. Yes. Wow. I love him. That's so cool. They're very funny. I love when books are funny for parents too. Yes. You know. And then I got your kid. The book with no pictures. Loves it. That you have to read. And I said, if I got that, I think that's the one I bought while you were still pregnant. 
And because we were both in love with The Office so much, it was yeah. right after our Brazil trip. Yeah. So I said it's written by the uh, or the one of the writers from The Office. Yeah. And and I thought with Adam's accent, it'll be even more hilarious. Yeah. He asked for Adam to do it. Yep. I knew it. You're right. <laughs> and it's a silly book, and it makes him laugh every time. Oh, that warms my heart. Yeah. It's good. I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you have anything from your childhood that you regret? Oh, that is a really good question. Yeah, probably. Like, did you bully anyone or did you like, um, I don't know, what, anything? You know what? No, I was not the bully. That's for sure. You can't think of anyone that you ever teased or excluded? I was often the child that got excluded. <laughs> I re- was like, it's hard to exclude no, people it when really you... is. Like, I was the one that was, like, the friend that kind of jumped, that never really fit into one group, mm-hmm. but was just, like, they were all having a sleepover, and I was the one that didn't get the invitation in, like, ten different groups. Jesus. So I felt like, because I didn't fit in with the nerds, I didn't fit in with the cool girls, but there was stuff that I could like about everybody. Right. And I just felt like an old soul. I felt like I was ready to be 60. Like, <laughs> I am not built to be a kid. And, uh, oh, what do I regret? I'll um, start it off to get it going. Yeah. Oh, what do you regret? I think would, of one. I would like to issue, oh. I would like to issue a formal apology to Bill Merriman oh. in my kindergarten class, I admit it, I stole your folding scissors. Okay. I'm glad you could get this off your chest. <laughs> it feels good, doesn't it? I wanted them so bad. And because and did you tell people you did not take them? Well, the teacher said Bill's scissors are missing. And who took them? Susan. No, and I just sat there and for until right now. Oh my gosh, you sat in silence for years. I thought I wanted them really bad, and because we were poor, I knew I was mm. never going to get them. Never going to get folded. They folded scissors. right up. Mm. I love them, even now. Okay. <laughs> this sparks a memory. You stole something? Let me I, guess. Pie? No. <laughs> no, I never stole anything. In fact, the one time I tried to steal a sticker from a sword, have I told you the story about the student no, sticker? No. So. All my friends were, when I was in junior high, went through this stealing phase, and I couldn't get behind it. I just had such a big guilt thing. And so I really was into all these brands, like Roxy and Quicksilver were real popular when I was in junior high. And so the Quicksilvers and Roxy sweatshirts used to come with tags that would also have a sticker attached to it. And so I went in Pacific Sunwear, PacSun. And I stole the tag off of the shirt. I just had that the sticker. That is so interesting. This tag. Then, that's not the most interesting about the thing about the story. I did a full lap around the mall, walked out of the store, did a full lap around the mall with the sticker, felt so guilty. I came back to you the did store not. and I dropped it on the floor and I walked out. Just hand it You're ridiculous. I know. I know. I couldn't. I, I wish I were making up these stories. I would like a little, yeah, I wish I stole that. But I... You know what? That reminds me. What? Of, I broke down mm-hmm. and listened to the podcast with Kenny and Evan from the other show. Yeah. And it wasn't, by the way, it wasn't bad. Like, cool. I was like, oh, I'm not mad at any of that. Oh, great. But the one thing I take issue with is that Kenny said, because he was, they were asking, do you think Johnny should have taken the money from Sarah? Uh-huh. 
And of course they're friends. I get it. Yeah. But then Kenny said, I know for a fact that Sarah would have done the same thing. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I don't appreciate when someone says that a hypothetical thing is a fact. <laughs> yeah, right. You can't know something for a fact that didn't happen. Uh, and I know, I know for a fact since it's me <laughs> that I wouldn't have. Right. And so yeah. I don't, that, by the way, is totally an aside, but uh-huh. it just was something That's funny. Because I'm like, Kenny... First of all, you can't know that for a fact. Second of all, you're wrong. Right. Because Sarah just returned a sticker to Quicks, whatever, hack son. But the thing is, when I really break it down, it's more about my fear of getting caught than it's my fear of doing the altruistic thing. Yeah. It's me thinking, like, I, back in the day, I used to smoke cigarettes. I hate to admit it. But I was terrified of flicking my cigarette out of the car window because I I thought that maybe... It would catch a spark on something. I would start a forest fire. Then the arson investigators would find out what cigarette butt started it. They'd trace the DNA on the cigarette back to me. Somehow I would get caught and I'd go to jail for arson. (laughs) This is completely delusions of grandeur or whatever. Wow. Totally delusional. Completely full-blown delusion. I'll admit that. (laughs) I just don't get it. I know. Okay. So, but you never made but fun I kn- of anyone. I know that that's not. The truth. I will admit to something else. Ooh, I, I in the seventh episode. and eighth grade, was in <laughs> was in charge at my school of like running the little candy store where at lunchtime oh. kids could buy the candy. And see, I keep trying to justify it because I was I poor. Okay, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I keep going because we were poor, but but it's the truth yeah. that I would take candy all the time. Oh, that's fine. You should no like. I mean, I must have depleted the stock. At least <laughs> they probably knew. At least one a day, I would take like a Twix or. You know what my brother Jordan used to do? What I thought was genius. My mom was like, "He's probably going to grow up to either be in prison or run a big company." He remember in uh, well, I don't know if you remember, but when you play AYSO soccer, you have to sell these seized candy bars. They used to, it was like a big yeah, thing. yeah. So my they were for a dollar a piece. My brother would go door to door selling them for two bucks a piece. This is at six years old. No. Two bucks no. a piece and took half of it. He would be like, take one dollar, eat one candy bar, sell one, eat That's one. That's insane. Genius. It is. Yeah, because you are allowed. That's not like illegal. Not, I, I'm, I'm it's sure now It's a free market society. And, and then he's like a cute kid. And my mom let him go door to door. She probably said go up and down. Yes, Susie. I have the best story. I'm sorry that I can't wait. Okay, tell me. I'm so I excited. did that too. I had to sell candy door to door in my neighborhood. And one, I went by myself and knocked on a door and a man answered with his penis out. No! No! Susie, no! Stop! Stop! Yes, and it gets worse. Wait, okay. There are so many follow-up questions. Flaccid or hard penis? Flaccid. Okay. So old man, old man, like he was probably sixty. Pants on, no pants on. Pants on, zipper undone, wiener out. No wait, sorry. Let me adjust that. At first, he had no pants on, and then I said, "Would you like to buy a candy bar?" Like it didn't stop I me. I wish you people could see the look I'm giving Susie right now because <laughs> my eyes feel like they're going to actually pop out of their sockets. I. It didn't even stop me from trying to get the sale. I was like, do you want to buy a candy bar? And he was like, hang on. And he went and got his pants on, but then didn't zip it up, and his wiener was out. What? And he did buy one. What do you have to say about it? I 
Oh my god. <laughs> Susie. That could have been worse. I really always be closing. be close right nothing's gonna in fact this whole episode is just about me being poor and then the consequences of that i don't care if you have listen i you seen one you seen them all sir i'm gonna need your money i mean you must be hungry after all of that nudity Yes, can you imagine? And I worked up an appetite. I went home and I'm like, "Hey, mom, some guy answered the door naked," and she didn't even like go to his house and oh. say like, "You should be arrested." Yeah. Now, did it feel like exposure <clears throat> to you, or do you feel like you walked in on? An- I think he just was like, he's just old, uh, pantsless. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't so feel weird. like it was aggressive at all. Okay. But just what do I know? Older. Just a guy with just no pants that wanted candy. Take out. <laughs> oh, bro. I'm sorry. I couldn't wait. I get it. That couldn't <laughs> wait. That definitely takes priority. Well, I, don't, I take notes while we write the show so I can remember what we talked about. How do you even know what to write down? Just candy sales. Candy sales. Yeah, candy sales is a good way to sum up that segment <laughs> the last five minutes. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. I mean, boy, this is a lot to take in. Mm -hmm. We've... Various sexual incidents, good and bad, <laughs> mostly bad. Winnie the Pooh. If you can't laugh about that stuff, I mean, come on. Right, because I didn't, I didn't feel traumatized. I was just grossed out. Like yeah. I don't want to see an old man's wiener. I don't think I've ever accidentally seen an old man's penis. Really? Yeah, that's surprising, right? Yeah. You'd think at one point. What do you mean by old? Like I mean anything. Up? Like I've not. I don't think I've ever accidentally seen a penis. I did tell you that I've I never have it now. Do not take this as I'm really glad that we have like 93% female audience <laughs> because they're not going to send these. But I've never received a quote unquote proper dick pic. Yes, you did. You got one. It, be, it was one who, and remember, it was a woman who sent her boyfriend's penis to me. Yeah, okay. And she said, "This is my boyfriend's dick." Okay, okay. I feel like if you're getting secondhand dick, it's not a real dick pic. That's true, Sarah. You make a really good point. Yeah. Do you I'm, want any? No, but I'm just saying, like... Do you a little bit? What about, like, do you get girl ones? I get some boobs. Get out of here. Yeah, I get tits. <laughs> and you know what? I think I probably had enough... Let me ask you a this. vagina before, too. Holy smokes. I have never gotten boobs or vagina. Yeah. Do, do any of the people that I know send you... No. Okay. I wish. That would be great. Oh, please. I would tell you that in a friggin' heartbeat. Well, I think you wouldn't even think to mention it because you're like always like, oh, didn't I tell you that? No. I, that, w- that one would come up. That would be like. Remember, though, that you took a down. screen grab of the wiener and then you regret it because they can see that you did Right. It? I didn't know that because, see, when one does not receive many dick pics, you do not know the proper dick pic etiquette. What do you think about how on Instagram now on the private messaging, they pixelate? Um, until you say, no, I want to see I it. don't like that. 
Here's why. Because then I feel like I've committed to what I'm going to see and like... Because then it might be a wiener? Yeah. But then it's my fault because I clicked on the wiener. So you can usually like tell when it's not a, the balls. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh! you could usually tell whenever it's going to be a wiener though. Um, Odd side note. I'm yeah. so glad. My husband's probably not going to listen to this episode. Mm-hmm. But we had a lengthy conversation about balls the other day. Right. He said that Cosmopolitan Magazine makes them think that they're more important than they really are. They are running out of material. They sure are. Ladies, ignore the balls. I wouldn't even That's, notice you know if he had said to him? none. I, said, I have been wasting time doing something on an area that doesn't need time given to it. Wait, what were you doing? I mean, nothing. But just like, A you gentle know, cup. A gentle cup. I wasn't, you know, just like a little, just paying attention. And I didn't know it was a a part I could completely avoid and not feel guilty about. Is that what Landon said? I felt like I was giving candy to one person, but two people were not getting candy and I felt bad for them. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, unless you're in the balls, I would go ahead and avoid them. Okay. Good (laughs) to know. Just so, like, you know, we're learning a lot on the Brain Candy Podcast. (laughs) We make you laugh. We make you learn. Yes. Uh, is there anything else you want to add? Because I really mm. have to pee. Do you? Yes, yeah, so I want to wrap it up. Oh, oh my God. Already? Mm-hmm. Oh, I wasn't ready. Okay, well, you have to pee, but... I'll hold it. You have to hold it. Because we have to go over... Go get back to the on track to childhood memories. Because I really wanted to quiz you on what you think. There was this uh, big, huge study done in the United Kingdom. So a little bit different because it's UK versus US. But... Most of it still applies on the 50 most common childhood memories and what people ranked as their most common. And there were some things that I thought were really interesting. Okay. Excuse me. One that I thought was fascinating was that uh, seven out of 10 families surveyed said that uh, holidays are the best time for bonding and they rated the beach as the number one spot. Oh. Seven out of ten. Why? Why is that shocking? I don't know. They just say that the, that so many positive childhood memories come from the beach. Oh my that God. That was really, really high in... Uh, I could see why. And, Especially but, if you live in a cold climate and then the summer yes. is such a big deal. I was just going to say you also have to think it's England and then also everybody is within a certain... Uh, appropriate distance to go to the beach. That's how it is with Adam. He talks about when they went to the beach all the time. That it, he okay, acts like it's a go. big deal. The other one, so collecting shells on the beach was like number three on the list. Um, then hide and seek. Playing hmm. game, like kids games. Are those some of your favorite childhood memories? Absolutely. Yes, me yeah, too. And I totally it. forgot about it until I read the list and went, oh my gosh, like we played Red Rover. Yeah, that was, that was so fun. Just getting to clothesline kids and like... Wiffle ball, kickball. Uh, yes. I love that stuff. And I still do. Uh, right? My friend played an adult kickball league called the Red Hots. It was that's real funny. cute. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can see why that's so popular amongst our generation of adults now because it does bring back good memories. And ice cream trucks. That's another one that was on the list with the sound that it used to make. That we that would come I get that. Neighborhood. I mean, they're overrated though. Well, the what ice did you order from good. there? Oh, I, anything with gumball eyeballs. Like what? What does that even mean? What? Th- those were the best. There were these. It it wasn't even real ice cream. It couldn't have even been anything remotely close to ice cream. 
it was, they would always be in the shape of Tweety Bird or the Ninja Turtles, and they'd be brightly colored, and they almost make a weird noise when you bite into them. It's a texture thing. And the gumball eyeballs, and then your tongue would be blue afterwards. I liked the whole thing. Or Choco Taco. Oh, yeah. Classic. Right. right. Or Big Stick. I was into the push-ups, the orange push-ups. Oh, yeah. Flintstone push-ups or regs? Yeah, I did regular. I guess they were Flintstone after a while. Yeah, I loved those. I mean, oh, and those, they were like cookie sandwiches. Mm -hmm. And I think they had like strawberry and they had Mm. chocolate ones. I could go for one right now. I know. Now that you're saying this, I'm like, dang, I wish that ice cream man would come by our house. Yeah, but I lived in a cold climate, whereas you didn't. So I think that we really appreciated like pool days and... Yeah. Just summer in general. It was like, thank God we're out of the house. We did too, though. It was the yeah. same. Yeah. My brother on uh, the very first day of summer when he was in kindergarten broke his femur day one and was in a body cast for three months during the hottest summer in record history. That's awful. 1992, I think it was. Mm. Horrible. I bet you that changed who he is. You have to ask him about that. I will. Because there's no way that that didn't. I mean, he was like confined to full blown body cast up to his armpits with a bar between the legs, and he was in traction for three weeks. Good lord! All because I told him to go inside and get the squirt gun. Oh no! That's what I regret. There's my regret. Or maybe not, because it probably taught him a lesson he really needed or something. I don't think so. Okay, right. That's just awful. He was so young. Yeah. He was right. It, it was he was on a bike, took a corner, and he fell on a sprinkler, and the sprinkler head hit his leg and just snapped his finger. Honestly, femur. God, that's so young. Because Lincoln's four and a half. If that happened, in one next year older year, than like one year older than Lincoln. Do you Lincoln. do with a kid all summer? My dad made him a skateboard, like a thing that he can go on the floor, and we put ramps all over the house, and he would ride around on his stomach mm. on a skateboard. And like a widened skateboard, and then would we would sleep? carry around. Just we would pull him in a wagon everywhere. That is awful. Yeah. Didn't was this when your dog Waffles was alive? No, this was way before Waffles. I just wanted to say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can we go now? Or are you yes, ready? yes, you can pee. You're free. All right. <laughs> I'm dying over here. All right, here. friends. Uh, all right. See you next week. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Leave us a five star review and share your favorite childhood memories. Bye. See ya.